The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Don't. Don't. You don't know what I've been through this weekend. Hi, good morning. Good afternoon. (laughs) Good morning. It's full court press on a Monday. A big weekend. Of course, Utah State was not involved, but there was plenty of high school football action. A lot of interesting things in the Mountain West. I'll update you on what happened there. Top 25, any big upsets? There were a few. Um, the NFL, week two in the NFL. How's your fantasy football team doing so far? It's a few weeks into it. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. How's your fantasy uh, football team doing? We have we have a ton to talk about. You know, region eleven football. Really weird Friday. Uh, Kind of an interesting Saturday in college football. NFL was definitely, uh, you know, one of the better weekends we've seen in a while. How do you lose by old bike point four eight, dude? That is a big you bunch to skip of bull over crap. the big matchup over Call. the weekend. I I was rolling too, but then like James White like was in the doghouse and didn't get the ball for three and a half quarters. Marcus Mariota decided to just suck for a whole entire game. Oh man, I. <laughs> And, dude, and that's with New England's defense getting me 34 points. 37. <laughs> and I still lost, man. And 37 I, points and at I your defense? Still lost. I should have gotten creamed. Dude, you were, I was up by 40. In fact, there was a 78 to, what would it be, 22% chance that I was going to win. And then all of a sudden, that thing just, I mean, Patrick Mahomes did his thing. And we had another guy who did his thing, and all of a sudden I was down by one. And I looked at my wife and um, threw my phone, <laughs> and I said, this is the worst ever. She goes, <laughs> why did you lose pick six? And I'm like, no, but I lost fantasy. And she says, oh, so you're probably going to lose pick six then too, huh? You had a Miami wide receiver who gave you nothing. Yeah. All he Devontae needs Parker. is just one catch. Yep, Devontae Parker did not win. have a good day. Don't trust those like fantasy updates, man. They they, they lie to you. So I, I scored 98.62, and you scored 98.26. I've never seen a margin of victory that close. Yeah, that sucks, man. Oh, if if Marcus Mariota just throws one more completion, if James White <laughs> if the Dolphins rushes, do anything worth note, yeah, if, if James White rushes the ball for five yards, I win this game. If Antonio Brown catches that ball in the end zone, if I do, oh my gosh, I don't know what else I could have done. I mean, and really, a lot of the guys I bench, with the exception of Marcus Mariota for Aaron Rodgers, um. I mean, everyone else scored really well for me. I just, well, except for Don Von. But I was, oh, and by the way, hey, John Newbold, if you want to go ahead and try to help me or explain to me how in the world our waiver wire works, because I requested Adrian Peterson, like, on Monday last week. 
and then he ends up in somebody else's hands, and then Adrian has a big day. So, Newble, of course. fix your gosh dang rule so he actually can be fair for all of us who do request people off the waiver wire. I'm so, man, I'm just, yeah, I'm well, so The waiver pissed. wire is always a little weird. I'm not sure how that really works. No, and, and, and the thing is, is it doesn't make sense. Like, I requested because the guy. Because multiple people are requesting the same guy. Like Yeah, but if someone requests him before him and is willing to give up that guy, he should be able to get free dibs. But instead, I, I'm the very first guy. No one had requested him. So I request him, and then I'm waiting for like five days, and I don't, I don't get anything out of it, and I don't hear anything. So, oh my heck. I play this garbage football player who gets me zero points for a garbage football team named Miami, and I lose by, oh my heck. Point four eight, dude. Is unreal. And neither one of us have anybody playing tonight, so it's it's done. Set. Yeah, it's done. That's why I was so angry last night. Totally set. So fix your freaking waiver wire, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So now let's move on to this pick six. I don't even know the results yet. How did oh, it go? We do need to go through those. So it's a good recap to go through what happened over the weekend with our pick six. So. One by one, we'll go through those. So the first one was a non-offensive touchdown will be scored at the Logan at Mountain Crest football game, yes or no? Uh, I said yes, you said no. You were at that game. Ajay, was there a non-offensive touchdown scored that counted? No. Okay, one for you. Uh, Cole McDonald was the next one. Uh, He'll throw touchdown. The number of touchdown passes he will throw at Washington. The line was set at three and a half. He only threw one. Uh, I went over. You went under. So you're up two nothing. Uh, he he threw three interceptions. By the way, not a good outing for Cole McDonald. Uh, who gets more assists when they play each other, Joe Ingles or Ricky Rubio? This was in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, I said Rubio. You said Ingles. Rubio had twelve assists. Joe Ingles had seven. So. That's one for me. So now you're up two to one. Going back to fantasy football, Philip Dorsett. How many fantasy points will he have? You set the line at six and a half. He had three point nine. That's <laughs> what happens when Gordon and Brown are on the on the field at the same time. Take away targets. So I went under, you went over. So now we're two and two. It's tied right here. Very close. What could happen over the next two? So Tom Brady passing yards at Miami. You set the line at 275 and a half. He threw four, 264. We both took the over on that. So we're still even. It's coming down to the last one here, AJ. And the last one was USC over BYU by 13 and a half. BYU won by three. I took the under, you took the over. So I win pick six, three to two, and we pushed on one. So the non-losing streak comes to an end. So I lost fantasy by .48, and then I lose pick six because I by half a point because BYU. Oh, my gosh. I can't do this job anymore. 
You you need Dude, to come up with a different I, this contest. This is really getting ridiculous. It's more in your favor. <laughs> Let's go have a race outside. <laughs> See, know. there you go. <laughs> that would work. Just, uh, but, man, it sucks. It sucks to lose and to lose and to lose, and that's just what I keep doing. That's what I'm come good on at. Now. You, you had a three-week stretch there of not losing. <laughs> So I owe you, oh, and I owe a guy 20 bucks because I <laughs> I, I took a bet on the BYU-USC game. And he, he found a loophole where instead of owning 5 bucks, I owe him 20 What? Yeah. How he, is that possible? Because he added in some words that I didn't listen to carefully and ends up being doubled. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So I lost to you by point four eight in fantasy football. Lost pick six because BYU can't get a half a point more from me. And then I lose twenty bucks. Oh, it was more than half a point for you and BYU. Just who cares? You needed USC to win by two touchdowns or more. Okay, fine. So I lost uh I lost pick six because USC's quarterback crapped his pants. Hmm. How's your day going today, everybody? <laughs> Tweet at me if it's worse than mine. Happy Monday Blues. Nothing cures the Monday Blues like the Varsity Blues. Hey, how did you do in your picks on the uh, Cash Valley Media Who cares? I, I'm not them. even going to look. You know, I think you did better than me. There's no way. I'm pretty sure you did Dude, better than me. Dude, because I... I <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> it wasn't good. Yeah, you did. You did better than I did. Did not. Are you serious? Oh, wait. That's the overall standard. You Dang jerk. It. Let me go back to the week five. Yeah, you do that. Um, yeah, I wasn't even in the top 25. I don't know. Oh, well, there's my rank. I was 106th. Wait, really? Yeah. I was five and four. Ooh, Not a good week for me. I wasn't much better. I don't think. Dang it. Let's see. So I was... Three, let's see, three and zero. Oh, then lost the next three. I I pushed. I went four and four. I didn't. I didn't get any bonus for the uh, Green Canyon Skyview game. Oh man, I'm so. So bad. you talk about close finishes with how we went head to head in fantasy football. We had a really close five. finish here in the Preps Pick'em contest this week. Wait, what was your what was your finish in uh, in last week? What was your uh, ranking? 106th. 106. Dude, I was 169th. Okay, so I did do better than you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring it up. But we had a close finish at the top. We, That's this, wonderful. Good this for was them. The, this was the closest finish that we've ever had. Mile high 40 finished with a, a total high score of 894 points. Mile high, huh? Mr. W finished at 893. So, mile high 40, also known as Brandon Jolly, wins this week's certificate. That's a $100 gift certificate to Locker 42 for winning this week's contest of the Cash Valley Media Group uh, Preps Pick'em, presented by the Logo Shop. 
Booster Club headquarters for high school competitive and club teams. And he also is automatically entered as a finalist for our grand prize drawing, a 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. So this week, uh, our best prize yet, highest valued prize that we've been out there available is a $150 gift certificate to the Cater Shop. Uh, going on right now through the, in, the entire month of September, get two suits for $300 at the Cater Shop. Great place for suits, shirts, ties, shoes, and socks, and perfect place to outfit your missionary. So make sure you go on there and make your picks. Get them in early because Rich High School has early kickoffs. They, they kick off at 4 o'clock, so... Make sure you get your picks made early Friday so you uh, make sure you qualify. I'm not playing anymore. Highest potential score. I'm not doing pick six. I'm not even going to try in fantasy this week. I'm not even going to try. I ain't doing CV Pick'em. <laughs> you can find the links to our Preps Pick'em Challenge on 1069thefan.com. And, uh, <laughs> more and more people participating every week. If you haven't won yet, it's okay. It's not a cumulative score. If you haven't participated yet, you can still win stuff. A friend of mine just texted me. My day was looking pretty bleak until I heard about yours, so thanks for taking one for the team. And then he puts, go Broncos. <laughs> you just lost to a guy who kicked a 53-yard field goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, so I guess we, uh, we ought to kind of start diving into it. <clears throat> Uh, where do we start? You got Region 11, you got Mount Western College, and you got NFL. By the way, we have audio from the Utah State football presser today as they get ready for the Aztecs in San Diego State where they have never beaten the Aztecs. Isn't that uh, we'll, incredible? We'll get into some comments about that um, and our thoughts on that as well. Don't forget, in the know, Wednesday, uh, same station, same people, same time. We'll get you all you need to know about the uh, San Diego State squad who uh, is undefeated, 3-0 going into this game. Um, albeit not great competition, but nonetheless three and zero. So yeah, let's talk about uh, prep sports. Let's let's start there. Region uh, eleven was started on. Let's go from Friday night, and it'll can segue into the other things that happened over the weekend. Okay, whatever. Sounds good. Fine. Shut up. Uh, God, I love you too. I hate you. Oh, you finished better than me, Eric. I finished four hundred sixty ninth. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I was ho- I was hopeful that you would have had something positive. I didn't mean to. Yes, you did. Draw attention you knew to the fact full that- well what you were doing, know, Eric. Yes, you did. You knew full well. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. Let's start with high school. Hey, game of the week: Green Canyon in the Skyview. And for all Skyview football fans, players, coaches, cheerleaders, the mascot. The nerds, all of you. You know, last week I came on here and just obliterated you guys. No Mason Faults live. This one's going to be a route at Skyview. Green Canyon's going to win it. Stay undefeated. Probably run the table from here on out. Boy, was I wrong. I was wrong. And uh, I... I'm not going to apologize for what I said because that is my job to give my opinion based on what I know, what I'm hearing, and, and, and how I've seen the teams. I felt like for before that game, without Mason Falsov, Green Canyon is the better football team. Green Canyon was having a good season. 
Skyview was having a good season too, but what Green Canyon was doing looked like was, the was dominating, would be man. Yeah. And so, so, way to go, Skyview, for if they used us as motivation, fine, good for them. Yeah. Uh, so great win for the and, and that's I mean that's I've heard a couple of comments about that. I mean they they took my comments and you know they used it like wildfire or whatever, which is fine by all means if that's what it's going to take to go beat a football team. Thanks for listening. Uh, but credit to Skyview. I I just I mean they they manhandled Green Canyon. They pushed them around. They beat them up. They were physical with them. They outplayed, they outcoached Green Canyon in every way. And it continues to lay that that thought, that theory of that Coach Ander struggles in the big games. Well, th- that game came down to the wire. I mean, mm-hmm. It was a back-and-forth game. Uh, give both teams credit for how they played. It came down to the wire. Um, but uh, in the end, yeah, Skyview made some defensive plays, did what they needed to do offensively. And uh, they got the W. They got the win. Yeah, it's 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 a big one too because now they're in the driver's seat. Really, they're in the driver's seat for the region championship. Um, if you can beat Green Canyon, which I don't know how many other teams can do in the region. Maybe some will, maybe some won't. But I, I would say Green was Skyview's definitely in the driver's seat. That was just that was just impressive. <laughs> so impressive. And if you're Green Canyon, that's got to be so frustrating. I mean, you have a chance to go beat Skyview at Skyview without their best player. Your guys are healthy. This should be a runaway, and it's not. And now you're you're 0-1 in region. You're 0-1 in region, Eric. And you have to fight your way back to the top now. And, and that's no gimme. Well, that, that may have been a thing in the past, being 0-1 in region. Yeah. How it matters. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. Which we'll get to why in just a little bit. Right. RPI rankings were released today. We'll get into those in a minute. Let me ask you something. Is Green Canyon not as good of a football team as we thought they would be after the preseason? Was those was that 0-4 just a delusional thought? I mean, sorry, 4-0 oh, no. just a delusional thought? No, I don't and think so. And then they so. go into region and it's just tougher competition? I think they are a good team. I think that they've played some good teams. Yeah, that's just, I mean, this, for Skyview to go beat them, it's got to be so... <laughs> Just, I mean, deflating for Green Canyon. They'll bounce back, and they'll be all right, but that's got to be frustrating. You have a chance to to really put the hammer down and make a statement on Region 11 play, and you, and you don't. Uh, Bear River, Ridgeline was a really interesting game. Josh Payne makes his first start as the Bear River quarterback. Offensively, they struggled. They, they really didn't. It, it was that Bear River defense that mm-hmm. really... Got the win for the Bears. Uh, you said you went to the game. Is that right? I did. What I did was, you see that out of both teams? I haven't seen them play yet. Uh, this I, I I don't mean to say this in a way that it's our job to. So it's makes all right. one team look bad over another. It's our job. Honestly, I felt I felt like Ridgeline lost that game as much as Bear River won the game. Mm-hmm. And if you're not the only person sense. who said I don't that. Mean yeah, offense, yeah, sure, but. There were there were interceptions that were thrown. There were some poor decisions, uh, fumbles, and recovered into the end zone for automatic scores. I, I mean, there was a point where Bear River scored bang bang at the end of the first half in less than thirty seconds on the game clock. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's those are hard things to recover from. Um, 
that that Bear River defense have to give a lot of credit to them. Opportunistic, and they took advantage of the opportunities that they had. Um, Ridgelines through, uh, excuse me, Bear River. I think the only Bear River threw only one offensive touchdown. If I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. Um, there was a pick six, an interception return for a touchdown. There was a fumble recovery in the end zone. Uh, and then, yeah, there was only one offensive touchdown uh, that was scored. Uh, the other two came by way of defense. Uh, I did see the Damuni, Lavasi Damuni, great running back for Ridgeline. Um, I, I think that the, the way they started out, they really, this Ridgeline team really exploded onto the scene. A great game in game one, but uh, they've, they've had a settling back to earth a little bit here over the last few weeks. Um, and so it, there's some young players at key positions. Uh, how well can they try to bounce back from that will be a real interesting thing to see if, if Ridgeline can recover. Yeah, they went from this high potent offense to just not really a dud, but just can't get things going offensively all of a sudden, which is really weird. It's kind of, I mean, it took an absolutely 180 turn. Um, and, and that's not, <laughs> that's not really, uh, Great news when you're getting into Region 11 play here because some of these defense are stu- are stubborn. Um, and, in fact, the next game we're about to talk about was one of those defenses who has got it together and, with the help of the offense, routed Logan. Mountain Crest was so impressive in their 33-13 to win, down 13 nothing to start. They then rattle off 33 unanswered points. I mean, flying all over the place. And Ethan Wilton, um, he made some really good throws in the first half. And then just, I don't know, like, what happened? He just started airmailing it everywhere. I mean, there was a throw on a deep route, and I don't think their players even finished their routes yet, and he threw it to the end zone and got picked off, like, for no reason at all. And then he had, uh, I think it was third and five, and and Larson, or was it Sergeant or Larson, stopped on, like, a seven-yard hitch route, turned, had him wide open, and he overthrew him by, like, nine yards. It was really weird. Um, on the other side, Mountain Crest's offense looks spectacular. You know, when that offense can get going, they when you look at the last you know four games, they got blown out by Salem Hills and 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 didn't earn that win. But you look at the Box Elder game, you look at the Bonneville game, uh, Wasatch. They were in every single one of those games, but their offense was stagnant. They were dull. They 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 couldn't get going. They they killed themselves with penalties and turnovers. Uh, it was incredible, and then they're finally able to. You know, when they don't shoot themselves in the foot, Eric, that's a really good offense. That's a really balanced football team, and they proved why on Friday night beating Logan that soundly. Logan's not a horrible team; they just couldn't get anything going. Well, the, this seemed like this was finally a breakthrough moment for Mountain Crest, which we've all been kind of expecting, yeah, and anticipating for the type of season that we thought they'd have. Um, I feel for Logan High. Uh, this is a team with a lot of young players and experienced players, uh, a new coach. Uh, there's been some times it looks like they're going to start to break through, but then things just don't quite go their way. Uh, but, yeah, big win for Mountain Crest, big win for Skyview, and a big win for Bear River. Uh, also, just some of the other teams around the area, Preston with a nice win. This last Friday, 
26-7 over Canyon Ridge. And uh, Westside with the big win over Marsh Valley, 40-8. to Wow. Wow. They, they kind of struggled them. a little bit um, in previous weeks, but, man, they put it together Good for them. last Friday. So uh, the, the new RPI rankings are out. We'll get into that in a moment. All this talk about high school football. I got an interesting letter sent to me over the weekend from a spouse of a coach. And uh, with her permission, uh, I want to read it. And hopefully it uh, opens some people's eyes, gives people a little more perspective. And uh, Ajay, with your experience as being a, a former high school coach, it'd be good to get your perspective on what's, uh, what's included here. Sure. But before we do that, I want to remind people that on Mondays, we recap what happens on the Friday before in high school football, but we pay special attention to what happened is with Skyview. Skyview games are heard right here on 106.9 The Fan. And our buddy Hurricane John Newbold calls a play-by-play for the Bobcats. And during that game, he identifies the old gristmill bread-and-butter play of the game. And if you can call in right now and correctly identify what the bread-and-butter play of the game was for this last Friday, four loaves of bread will give you if you uh, can correctly identify it. So here's the number, 435-752-1069. If you can correctly identify what the Skyview bread-and-butter play of the game was, courtesy of Old Gristmill, four loaves of bread. We'll discuss more of the RPI and a letter from a coach's wife coming up next in the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. Hope you're having a better Monday than AJ. Is your Monday better than mine? Tweet at me, A-J-A-Y-S-A-L-V-Y, Eric Franson, at E. Franson. Let us know, have you had a better Monday where you didn't lose to your co-host by .48 in fantasy, didn't lose in pick six, now where you owe him a gift, didn't lose 20 bucks on a college football game that went south because their freshman quarterback soiled himself, before the game even started, and didn't lose. What else did I lose? Oh yeah. Oh, and I lost you in CV Pickham too. In we we weren't head to head. You just didn't. Score we as are head to head. Everything I do is is versus you. Okay, so somebody who's having a a better Monday than Ajay is Darren Renlisbacher. He called in during the break, and he correctly identified what the Burra Burra play of the game was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pouring salt in the wood. The bread and butter play of the game was for the old He the, shouldn't even win. He's already won something. Old Gristmill. Someone else call in. You don't win, Darren. It's, it's too late. It's been, it's been identified over the year. Well, uh, the, I'll unidentify him. The play of the game was a defensive stop by Skyview 
against Green Canyon. It was fourth and two at the Skyview three-yard line. Skyview ended up sacking Jake Lundeen with under 30 seconds to go, securing the victory for the Bobcats, 32-24. to So, big game, big moment. Congratulations to Darren for correctly identifying the bread and butter play of the game. On Mondays, we will uh, ask you to recall what it was. John Newbold does a good job of emphasizing it in his post-game, following the game, and you can hear all those games right here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Okay, I want to depart a little bit from scores and rankings. Let's talk about life for just a moment. I got a note over the weekend from a spouse of a coach. And with her permission, um, she's given me permission to read this. I, I wanted to read this on the air. I think it's something worth sharing with a lot of people. And she says, a letter to parents from a coach's wife. Parents of a high school varsity athlete, I'm here to give an inside look of the life of a high school coach. I could start with how they make pennies on the dollar for their time, how after 12 months of work, a head coach here in Utah will walk away with less than $3,000 after taxes, and no, the comma is not in the wrong place, and how assistant coaches and staff make even less. I could start with how they see your children more than they see their own three to four months a year, how those with young children come home to hear their kids say, I miss you, Daddy, and when will you be home next, Dad? And how we, as their mothers, get to hold them while they, while they cry because they want their dad. Or gear up to handle the increase in tantrums and emotions because they don't understand why they aren't seeing their daddy as much right now. I could start with how much each, or how after each loss, they come home with every single negative word you have thoughtlessly yelled out during the game, rolling around in their head. How their anger is really a second emotion to frustration, rejection, and overwhelm. I could start with how much good they are giving to your child, the values they are teaching them, the life skills they're sharing to help you understand that to them, they don't just coach for the W. They coach because they want to make a difference in your child's life. They want to be a positive mentor and role model when the world is full of the exact opposite. I could start by explaining how involved they are in this game, how they spend 10 to 15 hours a week just reviewing, breaking down, and analyzing game film, how they spend hours each day during the season of practice, running the same play a dozen times, teaching, 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 and then having to let go on game day and let your children execute. How each play call during the game has a reason behind it. How if a play didn't work, 98% of the time it's because a player didn't do their job correctly. I could also start by saying you make it really hard to keep going. To all the parents who gossip and complain, to the parents that yell insults and hurl and hurt into the crowd and field, during a game for every player or family member to hear. To the parents who have never once told a coach, thanks for your time, I really appreciate what you're doing for my child. To the parents that think they could do a better job or who think they have all the answers but have not once attended a week's worth of practice or watched game film. To the parents who talk badly about the coaches in front of their child, who undermines their authority and expertise so your child now thinks they know better or that they don't need to be coached. To the parents who smile at the coach and then turn around and spread their toxic to the rest of the community. Shame on you for acting like you're still in high school. If coaches are fleeing your school in droves, take a long, hard look in the mirror for the reason why. I could also start by saying thank you to the parents who see it and get it. To the parents who send a supportive text after a tough loss. 
to the parents who ask how they can help, to the parents who hold their child accountable and respect the coach's decisions, to the parents who respectfully ask questions, voice concerns, and then will listen and trust the coach's answers, to the majority of parents, thank you. But since I don't know where to start, I'll just end with this. High school sports can be wonderful. They can also be stressful and disappointing. But your child is still learning. Win or lose, they come out a better person if you let them. They're also teenagers with their whole lives ahead of them. It's time we all remember that and treat uh, excuse me, it's time that we all remember that and treat the game and the men and women who coach it with respect, appreciation, and dignity. Sincerely, a coach's wife. Ajay, you've been a head coach at the high school level. Some of this probably rings true to you and some of your experiences, or is that unfair to say? Oh, man, that's a good letter. You know, as I as I was listening to that, it, it did. It flashed me back to my times as being a coach at, for baseball at Green Canyon. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'd never coached before, so I didn't know what I was getting into. Um. It was different too, because you know, for baseball, you know, you have you, you should have come kind of a semi slim roster to be able to work with. Well, we didn't make any cuts that year, so I had 19, 19 kids on this team, and you're trying to fit them in, and you know, you're trying to work with them for practice, and um, yeah, it was it was it was tough. Uh, and in that regard, so I mean, you try to play kids at certain innings or whatever, but you're also out there to go win ball games and. Um, and you want to put the best team out there, and then you go back after a game. And we weren't really that great to start off. In fact, we, my freshman team, I should say, because um, that's really where I was. I did a lot of my work. My freshman team was uh, was struggling off from the get go, but you know we we kind of put things together. And um, even when we were winning games, I still had parents who were upset. That's what amazed me the most is that even when we were winning games, and we went to that region tournament, you know, we all three games were on the road. Our, our our first round semifinal and championship were all on the road, and uh, and we won all three. And I I remember I had parents complain to me after we won the championship of why their kid didn't play. Um, there's there's so many there's and there's there's two sides to it. Like she's got some this letter's got some really great points to it that are very very true. Like I can remember standing at the third base on the third base line. Um, I'm going to go off for a little bit here, so forgive me, Eric. Um, and our listeners. So if you're bored, then just hold tight. But you know, I I remember um, the third base dugout, and I I had uh, I called for something, and the kids did their best to execute it. The kid the kid on the other team, the shortstop, made a fantastic play. I mean, just an awesome play. And uh, and I remember staying in so that you know I put us with two outs, and I remember hearing a couple parents behind me saying that I didn't belong on the baseball field. And I remember hearing one of them say, well, he won't be back next year, so it won't matter. I remember hearing that. I remember hearing when our head coach was released, um, sitting in this, this, whatever, whatever the heck it is. It's this, I don't know, some room. And there's parents and their kids there. And the head coach who was being released went in there as well and sat down and listened to all of it. Listen, listen to the parents just torch him. 
I mean, set him ablaze and then watched him burn. Um, and then I remember, like, after I decided to stay and to help out because we had no head coach. I mean, Coach Storm was our head coach, but he was also busy doing other things. And so, I mean, it was me and, and, and our other and the varsity assistant. And we were just trying to, you know, be the glue that keep it together. And we did our best. But I just remember hearing from parents constantly. And I'd say 80% of it was negative and 20% was good. Even when we were doing our best. On the, and then I, I mean, and they're right. And we can hear everything. We're not stupid. As coaches, we can hear everything, and if we don't hear it then, we'll hear it later from somebody else. It's just how it is. If through a grapevine, you'll hear about it. Um, on the other side of all of this, well, before I get to that part, and the fact of being gone from your family is 100% true. Like, I saw my wife, maybe, if I was lucky, maybe an hour and a half a day. And that was at night when I went to bed. Like that's, I mean, and then I'd see in the morning, she'd go to work and I'd go to do my thing and I'd go to baseball. That was our week. And, and we were, I was never home. And she hated it. You know, she was supportive of me, but inside you could tell it was just bugging her. Like she wanted one night with me and she couldn't have, and it, I mean, it created some really, so I, so, and then at that point, if I can be just so open with you guys, um, we nearly got divorced. Because I was never home. And I wanted to keep coaching. And she wanted me to stop. And, she's, and she said, well, you're never here anyway. So what's the point? So not only was I going through a personal crisis during this. But I was also trying to, trying to coach a baseball team. And, 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 and it leaks into you, man. You go, to, you go to baseball and you're trying to coach these kids. And you, know, you might lose again. We, we, we are a horrible losing streak going into that region tournament. Our freshman squad was. And, and you're hearing things from parents. And they're complaining. You go home and you're, you know, your wife's upset because she hasn't seen you all day. And that was without any kids, you know? And so on the, with all that, um, still sitting in the back of your mind fresh, on the other side, it's what we signed up to do. And we know full well what we're getting ourselves into. When we sign up to be a coach, whether it's for any sport at all, we know full well what we are dealing with and what we are about to sign up for. And as, as coaches, we take that and we say, yes, we understand that this is what it's going to be like. And we, we, throughout the time as a coach, you learn how to handle it. Um, and you got to learn that, you know what, when the parent comes and she's complaining and she's, or, in, or he or whoever is, is, is yelling at you, your job is to be respectful, polite, um, and give them an answer that is honest. And if they don't like it, that's their under, that's their fault. But that's your answer. But you can't bite back. That's that's the hardest thing is that you have to bite your tongue till it bleeds, and then swallow the blood and say, "All right, well, here's what we're doing, and here's why." And be very, like I said, respectful and polite about it. As coaches, we understand it, um, and it's just how it is. Whether you win or lose, someone's gonna be upset. Um, and uh, I've, I've, while I was at Mountain Crest, I was around some incredible coaches. Uh, Steve Hansen, the current baseball coach, was one of them. And he taught me a lot. I mean, a ton about how to deal with that kind of stuff without even talking to me. I just watch him. And, and you would learn how to do it. And, um, and so, yeah, but, and you know, he, 
I, we had a, I'll, I'll keep it private, I mean, for the most part, but we, I asked him about it one time, and he said something pretty much the same when I was in high school, uh, that he's like, you know what, it's what I signed up for, and this is, and but we love doing it, that's the biggest thing, so people are like, well, why do you do it then, if, if you know, you know you're going to yell that, because we love it, we absolutely love it. Coaching at Green Canyon Baseball was one of the funnest times of my whole entire life. I fell in love with those kids. Whether they liked me or not, I didn't care. I fell in love with them. Dealing with their antics and their jokes and their immaturity. And, you know, I, I remember one time a kid, you know, his mom wanted to give him a drink. And he was kind of grumpy back. And it was during a game. And he was, you know, our team was batting. And he was kind of grumpy with her. And I said, stop. Turn around and tell your mom you love her right now. Right in front of his whole team. You know, it's stuff like that. You teach them life lessons. And I know that's not what it's about in high school because parents are obsessed with getting their kid a scholarship to a Division One school when they're nowhere even close to being talented. And parents are obsessed with their with their kid, you know, throwing for 1,000 yards in one game even though it's damn near impossible or impossible. Kids are, you know, parents are obsessed with their kids being on the front page of CashValleyDaily.com on, on the sports part. You know, they're obsessed with it. But the thing is, is that the coaches, as much as they want to win, being with those kids means just as much to them as the kids being a part of the team. I learned that quickly, that I missed the kids like crazy. And yeah, it was tough being away from my wife, but man, those kids being around them was just like being around family. Because you really are. You spend so much time with them. You learn so much about them. And then you want to develop a relationship where you can be there for them when they don't. I mean, we had a couple of kids who didn't, I mean who had split up parents so who didn't have a dad and they'd come to me and ask questions and we'd talk about life I mean that's I mean and so I walk away and I'm like yeah we you know we struggled or whatever but I built relationship with those kids and when I see those kids today it's them coming to talk to me and they give me a hug and they 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 tell me how they're doing and I've been to a couple kids mission farewells now and I mean, it, it makes you feel like you've done something right. Sure, you didn't win the state championship. Sure, you didn't, you know, uh, win a region championship. Uh, but, but my gosh, the relationship we built the kids, because the relationship with the kids is much more meaningful than a state championship will ever be to, as a coach. That is flat-out honesty. If the coach really does get it, being with the kids and developing a positive relationship, which I am sure that this coach, uh, this wife's husband has done, then nothing else. I mean, in the end, and at the end, eternal perspective of it all, I know it's hard for you parents to understand it, and you probably don't get it. You're probably about to break your radio, but you don't get it. You haven't been on that side, and it really is. Like, the relationship with kids means so much more, and if at the end of the day, that kid comes back to you five years down the road and says, Coach... Thank you for everything, and, and and tells you how he's doing, and he's being, and you know, and he's and he's doing well, and he and he's happy to see you, and he wants to chat with you. Hmm, I'll take that over a state championship any day. You know, as a as a parent of kids that are involved in sports right now, it it gets hard sometimes when you see something playing out, and your kids, you you believe in your kid that he might be able to help a situation. And so why isn't he or she involved doing this or that? Um, and sometimes it's hard to – it is hard to bite your tongue and let the coach do their thing. Uh, but it, it, this, is, this is a good reminder that, look, we can all be better. 
in our dialogue. We can all be better in how we handle situations. Uh, because it, there are a lot of people listening and paying attention, and we can all do ourselves a service by being better in how we handle situations. So, interesting perspective from a coach's wife and from Ajay from the, the perspective of being a, a coach. But, um, yeah, I, sports is tough. It is. For those that are really for in the trenches For everybody involved, by the way. For every, and look, it's tough for parents to watch their kids go out there and you don't know if they're gonna, you know, if if they're struggling. It's tough for coaches because they're getting grilled by parents, and their and their job is to win and only win, and nothing else in the minds of the parents matters. That if you're not winning, not even if your kid is succeeding in the game and in school academically, your parent doesn't give a crap because they're not getting the touches or whatever the situation is. Um, and it's it's tough on the players, man. Because their coaches expect something from them, and the and the parents expect something from them. And if the kid doesn't hit four for five with with for the cycle, doesn't score thirty points in a game, doesn't score three touchdowns in a game, then I mean, then it's it's a horrible game, whether it's a win or loss. And that's not how it should be, man. Not how it should be. Coaches should be able to coach without having the pressure of parents. Parents should be able to go to the stands and just watch the game and enjoy it and support everybody who's involved. And the players should just be able to go out and have fun. They're my heck. Eric, they're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Let them live a life and enjoy what they're doing. I thought it was an interesting perspective, too, in the letter about, look, there's a lot of game planning that goes on from the coach. Oh, yeah. There's but at the ton. end of the day, when it's game time, it's the players that are out there. And, and, and it's, it's up to them to execute. Yeah, and, and and the thing is, is, um, you know, it's the the game plan. Like even like after a game, you come home. Even when you are home, your mind's still spinning about that game, that practice, that you know, the week, the game plan, the whole thing. You're never thinking about what's going. You can't turn off your brain from that. It's it's impossible. You go home, and that's what you're thinking about. Even when you're having a conversation with your wife or talking to your kids, you know, you try your best to focus in on that. But at some point, it's just, man, it's too difficult. All right, uh, we've got to move on. Well, we want to get into the RPR rankings, which have been released. We're going to talk about college football, the NFL, a lot of other things happened over the weekend. FIBA World Cup Championship, a lot still to get to. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson. Through five weeks of play in high school football, only one team is undefeated at this moment. That is Park City. Number one that? team in the state in 4A classification. Yeah, how about that, my man? Uh, the new RPI system has been is, is now into uh, full swing. It's been released in the rankings for football. Uh, and, and this is the way it is. Uh, do you just want me to give just where Regional 11 teams stand? Is that what yeah, you want me to do? Yeah, let's look at the Regional 11 Okay, so number two is Green Canyon. Number four is Skyview. Number eight is Bear River. Number 11 is Ridgeline. Number 14 is Logan. Number 16 is Mountain Crest. So what does this tell you? That the head-to-head matchups do not matter anymore. They don't matter. In region play? Yes. Because right, Mountain Crest look, beat Logan. Yeah. Skyview beat Green Canyon. And Bear River beat uh, Ridgeline. But they, but they don't matter. In each of those cases, the team that lost is 
has a higher RPI than the team that beat them. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, common opponents is kind of an interesting, too. Like, Stansberry's played a chunk of teams. They're sixth. Uh, who else here? Um, it's trying to be quick. I can't find anybody else. Yes, Stansberry's Bonneville 4A or 5A? I don't remember. I it, thought Bonneville was uh, was 4A. Yeah, me too. I can't find them. I can't find them at all on here. Um, but anyways, yeah, that that's kind of the way it stands. It's it, it's really interesting. So if so if there was like the whole like state playoff thing to start today, Green oh, Canyon is five A. I'm sorry. Oh, are they five A then? And they're fourteenth. Um, the way it would be right now if the playoffs were to start today, Mountain Crest would be at Crimson Cliffs in St. George, Park City. They'd play the winner. <clears throat> excuse me. They'd play Park City, who gets a bye. Bear River would be facing Twilla. Skyview would get a bye and face the winner of Desert Hills and Cedar Valley. Uh, Green Canyon would get a bye and face the winner of Snow Canyon and Uinta. Ogden is seventh, by the way. Uh, Logan and Hurricane would play each other. They'd uh, and whoever win would get Dixie, and Ridgeline would play Ben Loman, and the winner would get Stansberry. So it's kind of interesting how this is all shaping out to be. Uh, by the way, Box Elder in five A, they are sixteenth. Really? Number 16. Wow. Huh. Uh, granted, the, we're only five weeks into this, and there are several more weeks still to play, and it will change. But uh, it's a first look as to who did you schedule and who did you beat? And even if you lost, was it against a good team, a quality team? You know, so, what's, you know what's crazy? We're halfway through the season. <laughs> we're halfway through high school football season. I know. We're over the hill and down the stretch now. That's true. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about college football. What was the weekend like in college football and specifically in the Mountain West? And week two in the NFL. It's coming up next on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The NFL found a way to complicate officiating even more this season by reviewing pass interference. Oh, who saw that coming? But some things remain the same, like officials messing up in the Saints games. They played the Rams, and it was advertised as a revenge game for New Orleans. As every NFL fan knows, the Saints lost a chance to go to the Super Bowl because of a blown pass interference call in the championship game. So you had to figure officials would be on their best behavior. Top of their game. But Sunday, it happened again. The officials blew a premature whistle that cost New Orleans a defensive touchdown. The amazing thing is, the officials hurt the Saints last week against the Texans by screwing up the clock. This is the one team the NFL has to get it right this year with. So far, it's been the opposite. Probably would have lost anyways since Drew Brees got hurt, but officials better try their hardest to run a tighter ship in Saints games. The organization and its fans certainly deserve better. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.